Hey friends, I'm your host, Jana, founder of Modern Daughter, and I am so glad you are tuning in. This podcast is a safe place to go deep, to get into the real, raw, and vulnerable questions many of us have. In this podcast, we will talk about sin struggles, trauma, and experiences, along with some testimonies of friends who have walked through hard times and have come out the other side healed, whole, and living out their purpose in Christ. In this podcast, we hope to provide you with an encouraging word and biblical perspective, as well as practical tips to help you to take every thought captive, to have boldness in your faith, and to walk in wholeness as a child of the Most High King. Hey everyone, today I want to talk about overcoming depression. Uh, Depression has been a huge thing for many of us, especially this year. I think as we grow in our, uh, just as media grows, as the pandemic doesn't really seem to have any relief right now, um, there have been a lot of us that have been wrestling with different forms of depression uh, or maybe just feeling more anxious or down uh, more than you normally would be. So I want to kind of shine a little bit of light on depression, but also share Um, some tips and examples of how you can overcome depression every day, how you can own your every day um, and make the most of your life right now during this time. So um, I want to begin by going ahead and talking about a character in the Bible who really wrestled with grief, loneliness, uh, depression, um, and that is David. So, um, I've talked about, uh, I've talked a little bit about David before. Um, I really, uh, I feel like I, I really love reading about David because David is an example of someone that was called by the Lord, that was honored by the Lord, uh, that, that loved the Lord, but also made mistakes and struggled and sinned. I mean, he was a human. But the Lord, um, and the Lord did, I mean, he had consequences for his sin uh, and was punished for his sin. But at the same time, uh, he he always came back to the Lord. He always honored the Lord, uh, even after he did wrong and even after uh, he went through various trials. So today I am going to uh, read in 2 Samuel 12. I'm going to flip over there real quick. So, um, just to kind of paint the scenario of what's happening in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 12 is this is just after uh, the story of uh, David killing Uriah. So, uh, if you are not very familiar with David or if you need a a little refresher, um, David is someone uh, that the Lord selected to be king. And he did that because he saw David's heart. He saw that it was pure. He loved David. uh, And so he honored him by making him king. And uh, while David was king, there was, there's the story that you're probably familiar with, where he saw a beautiful woman bathing on the roof. Um, If you've heard the song, Hallelujah, that's what it's partially about. Uh, And he was like, oh my goodness, like, she's beautiful. I have to have her. So... Bathsheba was married to Uriah, and Uriah uh, was in the army, and so uh, David ended up sleeping with 
He ended up calling his servants, say, hey, go get me that lady. He ended up sleeping with her, got her pregnant. And he was like, oh man, I messed up. So what he did to try to fix it uh, was that he had uh, Uriah uh, sent to the front lines in the army um, and he was killed. And so um, in 2 Samuel 12, so that's basically what just happened. And uh, then Bathsheba went through a mourning period. And after she was done with her mourning period, uh, David married her. So uh, then the Lord sent Nathan to David. And this is going to be starting in, in 12 verse 1. The Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb which he had bought and he brought it up and grew it up with him and his and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. And it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to him, You're the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you out of the land of Saul, and I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? You've struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you've despised me and have taken up the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house. I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbors and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun for you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who was born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house. So this is some pretty heavy stuff that happened here. Um, And so in this, we're seeing Nathan comes to David. He's like, he tells the story of the sheep. He says there there was a rich man who had so many sheep. He had herds and flocks. And then there was a man that was very poor and only had one sheep. And when the guest came to the rich man's house, instead of picking one of his own bounty of flock, um, instead of taking one of his own lambs, he took the poor man's lamb. And so uh, the Lord sent Nathan to tell David this analogy, to speak plainly to him so that David would understand how evil it was, the thing that he had done, and how wrong it was. So then when David hears the story in this way, he's like, he's obviously, he's mad. He's upset. He's like, that's that's stupid. Why would that guy do that? That's evil. He needs to repay him by giving that, that poor man four sheep. Um, and so I, I like how sometimes... Like the Lord puts things in our lives or puts people in our lives to reveal to us something in a different way so that we can receive it. Because I, I wonder if Nathan had, if the Lord had sent Nathan to come and, and um, just say the latter part and just say, uh, 
you know, the, the wicked thing that you've done, you're going to face consequences, your son is going to die because of this, uh, David probably would not have received that well. But the Lord sent Nathan to instead tell him this story that was, anal- that was an analogy of what David had done to Uriah um, to, to help David see the wrong that he did. So um, then Nathan goes on to say uh, specifically what the Lord the Lord gave Nathan a specific message to say to David. So he tells him that. Um, and then he says, as a consequence of your sin, the child that is born to you is going to die. And so that's a really, that's a really grave consequence for what he did. Um, and so now we're going to move on to uh, verse, the, the other half of verse 15. And the Lord afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he became sick. David therefore sought God on behalf of the child, and David fasted and went in and lay and went in and lay all night on the ground, and the elders of his house stood beside him to raise him from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. On the seventh day the child died, and the servant of David the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him that the child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went to his own house. And when, when he asked, they set food before him and he ate. Then his servants said to him, What is this thing that you've done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food? He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. So, in this, we see some very heavy stuff. David, for seven days is not eating he's he's so distraught he's so sad and heavy that he is laying on the ground for seven days without food and he he's weeping he's crying out to the lord and he knows the wrong that he did um, but he he is praying and believing that the lord uh, can still save his child um and so but what I, what, one thing that I love about David, I love this, is that even after his child died, the first thing that he did is that he went and he worshipped the Lord. He went into the house of the Lord and he worshipped. And I think that is one of the hardest things to do as a believer. That when you go through something that is so hard that is so distressing, that is filled with grief, that is filled with heaviness, the kind where you are laying on the floor, completely helpless, just crying out to God. Being able to come back from that and worship God despite losing the thing that mattered most to you, despite going through an enormous pound of pain or agony, choosing to praise God despite that, is so hard, but it is such an incredible example to us. Um, 
In Psalms 34, 18, it says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Um, And in that moment, the Lord was with David. Those seven days of fasting and mourning, even though, even though as a consequence of David's sin, the Lord did not let his son live. Even though that happened, the Lord was still there with David in those moments. The Lord loved David. But because of David's disobedience to God, he had to discipline him, um, which is what a loving father does to their child. So um, I want, I I tell you this story of of David because I I want you to know um, that God, God doesn't want to see you hurt. It's painful to him. But at the same time, when you are going through hurt, when you are experiencing hurt, God is right there with you. And it pains him. It pains him to see you hurting more than it is for you to hurt. If that makes sense. God loves you. You're his child. He wants to be with you. He wants to be near to you. Um, And he is right there. It says that he is close to those who are crushed in spirit. So right now, um, I'm talking to you if you are crushed in spirit, if you are... Uh, have been dealing with depression. There's so many different types of depression, um, but I think it's it's even more appropriate to speak on this topic right now, not only because of the pandemic, but also because of seasonal depression. And so many people uh, wrestle with seasonal depression around the holidays. Um, and so the Lord just put that on my heart. So I shared a, I shared a blog article the other day uh, that was called, uh, it was titled, When You Feel Like You're Drowning. And um, I encourage you to go read that after this um, if you'd like to. But in that, I shared just seven tips for overcoming depression. Depression is something that I have wrestled with on and off over the years. I especially wrestled with it um, in a few of my teenage years. Um, I would say like I... I lived in depression, meaning that like I was dep- I was depressed like every day for a couple years. And... During that time, it was that, like, I I wanted to get better. Like, I wanted to experience life. I wanted to to live my life. But instead, I felt like I was just going through the motions. I felt like I was numb. I felt like I wasn't myself. I felt like I almost, like, wasn't even human. And I believe that if I had had someone share with me these steps and help me walk through them practically, that it would have helped my situation tremendously. Um, And so even if I, even, I'm going to tell you these tips, but even if you don't feel like doing them, I encourage you to start practicing them anyway. Even if you are numb and going through the motions of doing them, I still truly believe that these things will help you to get your life back, to make the most of your every day. So number one, um, is to start your day with surrender by practicing the presence of God. There's a book by Brother Lawrence. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's been around for many years. Um, and I had the opportunity to read it a, a couple summers ago. Um, and it, it's a little like old old English. It's a little uh, hard to read. But if you, um, it's kind of a short book. And if you can read it, I, I really believe that it will help your life. Um, and help your relationship with God. So in, in this book, though, he shares a quote that says, the most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. 
That means finding constant pleasure in his divine company, speaking humbly and lovingly with him in all seasons, at every moment, without limiting the conversation in any way. And so uh, Brother Lawrence was able to live in this space of, of living in the presence of God and abiding in the presence of God. And what that looked like for him was in every season, despite whatever hardship he was going through, uh, in the midst of any joy he was experiencing, heaviness, uh, what, whatever it was, that he was going through each season and every day, just having constant dialogue with God, just resting in his presence. And how I picture this, uh, especially after reading the book, is that like he's he's walking down the road and he's just thanking God for like the trees and the air and the leaves. And, uh, and every day as he's going about everything, he's just having constant, he's just constantly conversing with God. Um, and I, I'm going to at some point do... Um, a message on on abiding, but there's also another book um, by Andrew Murray, I believe. I'll have to share that. Um, And uh, why am I, I'm blanking out on the title right now, but there's, there's another book, I believe it's by I believe it's by Andrew Murray. Anyway, I'll have to share that um, in the comments, but Um, It talks all about abiding, and I highly recommend um, that book. So I do want to share with you, though, that when you can practice just being in God's presence, it is one of the most, like, comforting, peaceful things that you can ever experience. Um, And so a couple years ago, after I read this book about abiding, I uh, began walking uh, in just, like, practicing it, even though I didn't feel it, even though I didn't feel like talking to God, even though I didn't feel like thanking him or praying to him, I started doing it in the car. It was on my way to school. I started doing it then. And I would just, there were days that I was struggling or that I I was angry at something or someone. And I would just tell God, I mean, and I think sometimes we believe that our prayers or our conversation with God has to be this, um, holy, well thought out practice, uh, like monologue almost. But God God knows you. He knows the deepest parts of who you are. Um, and just how like, if you, if you have like an old buddy that you're just like chilling back with, you're hanging out with them, you're going to talk to them a lot more casually than you would if you were standing on stage in front of an audience reading off a speech. And so just like that, I think sometimes we come to the Lord in this way of like, okay, I'm going to stand on stage. I've got my paper here. I've got my script. I'm going to read it all out perfectly. I'm going to, I'm going to speak precisely. I'm going to know, I'm going to stay right to the time, everything like that. Sometimes we give ourselves a time limit. I'm going to talk to God for for five minutes this morning. Uh, But when you can, when you can kind of get out of that and just let yourself be comfortable with God and let yourself like in a way lounge on the couch with your old buddy. And when you're able to like, look at it that way, conversation just flows it just comes out and sometimes you can even be silent and that person just understands and you can sit with them and there's just an understanding you know so i want to encourage you that that is the way that you can be with god um and so just number one starting your day with surrender by practicing the presence of god it's just telling god hey like it could be as easy as like good morning god 
good morning, Jesus, Abba, whatever, whatever, however you address him. Um, I just, I'm just giving my day to you today. I just want you to walk with me today. Today feels impossible. There are days I, I wake up and say, today feels impossible. Getting out of bed feels impossible. But I know that you're with me. So I'm just asking you to walk with me in everything that I do today. Give me grace to walk through today. God, I pray that you would even help me to be kind to people in what I do today. Um, and just starting your day in the simple surrender of God, will you walk through my day with me? Will you direct my steps today? It's like you're starting your day off right. You're starting your day with peace versus chaos. So that would be my number one tip for you. Number two is to start your day with a task completed. Um, and in the, uh, in the military, they have every, the first thing that everyone does is they, they make their bed in the morning and they have a very strict routine for making the bed. Um, but the reason that they do that is so that those, so that those people in the military, it sets their, it sets their pace for the day. They start their day with an easy task completed and it helps them, uh, to, to progress throughout the day and to feel more productive. Okay. I've already gotten one thing done. I can do more. Like it's almost like an energizing pattern that you can start yourself off on. Uh, the next thing would be to, I would say, drink lots of water. This is, this may sound funny. You may be like, we're talking about depression, not water. Like what? <laughs> but seriously, drink lots of water. Your body was meant to contain a lot of water and be able to like have a lot of water every day. And most people go through their day dehydrated. Like the average person in America goes through the day being dehydrated. So I'm going to tell you that, so so this is a statistic, a research uh, statistic conducted at the University of Connecticut's Human Performance Laboratory confirmed that there are a ton of negative effects resulting from dehydration, including a degraded mood, increased perception of task difficulty, lower concentration, and headaches. Research has also linked dehydration directly to depression, drowsiness, and anxiety, is that crazy or what? Like, there's little research behind drinking water and how it can, how drinking enough water um, and making sure that your body stays hydrated can help affect your mood, can have, help affect your productivity. It can help you be more focused and concentrated and it will help fight depression, drowsiness, and anxiety and headaches, okay? So, Stay hydrated, drink lots of water throughout the day. Like I said, even if you don't feel like it, drink some water, okay? Uh, the next one would be to sing or listen to encouraging music as you work. So if, you, if you're at work and you have a little desk, you can put a little radio on um, and just listen to K-Love or I don't know what the other ones are, but uh, KLTY, whatever. Anyway, um, put on a Christian radio station. It's just some positive music. Um, and this will be something that as you go about your day, uh, you can just be like subconsciously, it's like subconsciously, like it's happening around you, but you're not really thinking about it, but it's subconsciously like helps boost your mood and your energy um, and helps keep you motivated to keep going throughout the day. Uh, number five would be take small, take small breaks throughout the day. Take a moment, um, 
what I like to do is I like to work for uh, two hours, take a 10, 15 minute break. Um, Sometimes I'll stretch. Sometimes I'll go grab a snack, uh, drink some water. Um, Sometimes I'll get on my phone, whatever it is. Take Take a little break. Go outside if you want to. My dad loves to go on walks on his breaks. He, he likes to go outside. Um, I think that's awesome. So take, you know, if you, whether it's taking a break every two hours, every three hours, whatever that looks like for you, take a couple small breaks throughout the day. Um, and that kind of helps re-motivate you, uh, helps you to do something different when you're doing monotonous work. Um, and then it helps you feel better about like, okay, I can go back to work now. I've had a little break. And then you can roll back, you can roll back into work. Um, number six is end your day in gratitude. List three to five things you're grateful for. There are statistics that link gratitude to fighting depression, that links gratitude to uh, a more positive demeanor, um, a better outlook on life, which is crazy. Uh, I don't know the specific st- statistic, but um, there was something I heard on the radio recently that talked about how gratitude, the people that that list three to five things that they're grateful for every day are like so much more likely um, to live, to like walk through their every day and live their life in like a positive manner, which is just, it's kind of crazy. But um, reminding the things that that you're grateful for helps you to kind of step outside the box and, and set a different perspective for your life. And that when you're feeling like, whether it's dis discontentment and you're saying like, I don't have enough of this. I don't have enough of friends. Um, I don't have a nice car like that person does. Stepping back and saying like, God, I'm just grateful for a car that I can drive to work or I'm grateful for a bus that I can take to work or I'm grateful for a bike or I'm grateful that you gave me legs to walk to work. Um, Just taking those moments like and just saying, God, thanks for this food on the table. Thank you for clean water that I have access to every day. It's like when you think about it, the Lord has given you so much. No matter what type of position that you're in, no matter what your circumstances are, the Lord has given you so much. And just taking moments to say, wow, I'm really grateful for this. I'm really grateful for this person that's in my life. Whatever that it looks like for you, doing that at the end of your day, practicing, you can practice doing that at dinner. You can practice doing that when you lay down to go to bed. Um, but just taking the time to list three to five things you're grateful for um, it is an incredible practice. So definitely recommend that. Um, and number seven is to pray for someone else. This one, it may, this one is the hardest one for me because it's so easy for us to kind of get in our, into ourselves, um, to think about our own situation, and um, especially when wrestling with depression, just to, to not even consider anyone else or how they feel or what they're going through. It's so easy just to be self-occupied and kind of e- egocentric. Um, and so I want to encourage you that like, and I do this usually as I'm laying in bed at night, those, those first like 15 minutes before I fall asleep, um, that I just, I just start praying for someone else. And if I don't have someone to pray for, I ask the Lord to put someone on my heart to pray for, or, and if I really, really, that's not doing anything for me, then I'll just start thinking about the people that I interacted with today. Um, sometimes like if I go to a grocery store, um, and I'm standing in line, at the grocery store. I did this the other day. Uh, I was in a Target line and there, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was so busy. It's a couple weeks before Christmas. So everyone's Christmas shopping. I mean, like the store is crammed. I'm at the self-checkout and there are at least like 12 people in line in front of me. And I'm like standing there and I was so tempted just to get frustrated and be like, 
I'm tired of this, like, I'm impatient, you know, and I'm standing there, and the Lord just impresses on me to start praying for people, so I start, so I start with the person that's directly in front of me, I know nothing, I know nothing about this person, I know nothing about their life, but, um, but I know that there's power in prayer, and that praying for this person can help bless their life in ways that I I may never know or see, so I started praying for the person in front of me, And then I moved on to the person in front of them. And then I moved on to the person in front of them. And as I did that, sometimes the Lord um, will impress on me thoughts about that he has about that person. And so I'll just begin praying over those things that the Lord has impressed on me. Um, And soon enough, that, that moment that began in frustration and impatience ended in a moment of like peace and blessing. And that was so cool. So I encourage you just pray for other, pray for other people pray for others. Um, and then I would say a bonus is exercising and eating well have tremendous effects on your mental health. Uh, I think sometimes it's easy for us to separate our body, our mental, our emotional health. Like we, we try to like put them in separate boxes, but the thing is they're all intertwined. And so when you, when your body is healthy, your mind is going to be much more healthier. Um, I've shared a little bit about how I've wrestled with eating disorders. And uh, when I was wrestling with eating disorders, my body was so unhealthy because it wasn't getting the nutrition it needed. And that had a direct effect on the depression um, and my mental health that I was experiencing. So my physical disorder, therefore, affected my mental um, disorder. And so I want to encourage you to exercise, whether that's doing yoga, stretching in the morning, uh, going for a walk every day, going for a run, go to the gym, whatever it means for you, start exercising. Um, I I have a gym membership. Um, Exercising has been one of the biggest things that has helped me fight depression every time it starts to creep up. Um, It helps boost your endorphins, boost your mood, um, helps kind of excite your body because of the rush of adrenaline that you get when you exercise. But I've got a gym membership. I love weight training. I hate running, but I'll go for runs every once in a while. I, I like going on prayer runs where I'll kind of run for a while. And then if I find a beautiful stop uh, place, I'll just kind of like stop and pray. And then I'll run for a while and then I'll stop and pray. Um, and that's been one of the sweetest things for me. Um, uh, and then the other thing is just eat well, eat clean. Your body, um, what you put into your body is what you're going to get out of your body. Um, and so when you're putting in uh, healthy, clean foods, that's going to help your body versus when you're filling it with carbohydrates, sugar, um, things that are unhealthy, um, oils and grease and whatever. When, when you're feeding your body with those things, uh, that's what you're going to get out is you're going to feel you're going to feel sluggish, you're going to feel tired, you're not going to feel well. Um, and so just just being careful and mindful about the food that you eat is another huge thing that I practice um, today. And so um, if you're like, man, I just love junk food. I love pizza. I love burgers. I do too. I love, I love eating. I love food. Um, and so if it's hard for you to like transition your diet, um, there are plenty of different ways that you can transition into a clean diet without having to like sacrifice all the junk food that you eat or, or whatever. So, um, what I would say is just start by removing, um, a couple, like say that you, say that you, you eat out for lunch and dinner every day. Start start cooking. Start making some meals. Take a couple classes. Get the HelloFresh or, you know, whatever those are. And, um, and just start implementing more high-protein, um, low-carb meals into your diet or, like, high-vegetable 
Um, if you hate vegetables, start finding ways to um, implement vegetables into your everyday dishes, whether it's adding a little broccoli to mac and cheese or um, just, um, yeah, doing like cauliflower instead of pasta, whatever that is. Um, it is really good for you to start working on those um, those different ways that you can just start implementing a clean diet into your everyday. So I hope and pray that this encouraged you. Um, I, I do want to encourage you. There are there are plenty of characters in the Bible besides David who wrestled um, with depression in one way or another or, or wrestled, even though it doesn't mention depression specifically in the Bible, um, there are plenty uh, of people who were downhearted, who were distressed, distraught, um, and hurting. And so I want to encourage you that you're not alone. And, um, I know that there, there are so many people that we pass every day that are wrestling with different things. Um, and so I want to encourage you that God is right there for you. He loves you. He's close to you. He sees you. He sees all of your hurt. He sees every time that you cry. He sees every time that you you hide the sting of someone's words. He, he knows. He knows you. He knows how every word affects you. Okay? So I just want to encourage you that God is right there. Begin practicing the presence of God. Practice doing these nine things in your everyday. And I truly believe that your life will start to improve. So, um, before, we, before I close, I want to pray for you. Dear God, I just, list, I just lift up whoever may be listening to this that is wrestling with depression, that is wrestling with heaviness, that is wrestling with grief, despair, anxiety, fear, death, God. I pray for the weight that they're bearing, God, that they would realize that you're big enough to cover everything that they're feeling, that you are so gracious enough to heal us from the hurt that we've experienced, to heal us from the hurt that we're experiencing even now. God, I thank you for being close to us. God, I thank you for reminders like Psalm 34, 18 that show us that you're close to us, that you care about us as individuals. God, thank you for knowing us Thank you for knowing the person that is listening to this on the other end. Thank you for knowing their hurt. Thank you for seeing them when they cry. Thank you for seeing them when they're in despair. Thank you for seeing their hurt, God, and loving them and holding them and choosing to be close to them in every moment. God, I pray for the person on the other end that they would take this message to heart, God, that they would hear these things and that they would begin to apply them to their life. Not because they want to, God, but because it's something that they can do to, to own their life, to take their life back, um, and, then, and then give it to you, to walk in healing, to walk in wholeness. Um, I believe that we do that with you. But you've given us practical steps that we, can, that we can practice to walk in wholeness, God, and I pray that you would just do that in this person's life. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Hey daughters, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and tune back in because every other Wednesday, so in two weeks from now, we will be posting a new podcast. You won't want to miss it. If you are not following us on Instagram, check us out via Modern Daughter Ministries. We are also on Facebook at Modern Daughter. And if you would like to request a speaker for your next event or join the email list, go check out our website at moderndaughter.org. 